0: Welcome everybody to another episode of the glorious rugby podcast. My name is John Fitzpatrick, and joining me for every episode is my co-host Alistair Kirschpool, AKP. Back in Maryland, fresh off his forty-seven-hour drive from Canada, practically. <laughs> AKP, how you feeling, man?
1: I'm feeling surprisingly good. Yeah, no, it's great to be back in the district. It's you know, or the the greater district area. It's great to be back in my own space doing my own thing you know in-laws are great but you know it's nice it's nice to be in my own space again
0: well and i don't know if we covered this but the reason why you had to stay a little bit longer and it wasn't Canada, it was michigan but um the reason why you had to stay a little bit longer was because you had to replace your engine car broke down your car i mean
1: that's what you get when you buy a 13 year old car things happen
0: hey man well the engine's replaced, it's good, you drove back, no issues. All set.
1: Yeah. Yep. Okay. Ready for the rugby season. Ready to That's tailgate right. with that car.
0: Well, it's a good segue because training camps have officially kicked off across MLR. I believe that was on Monday. We're recording today on Wednesday. So I'm sure you've been on social seeing all the players. Old Glory D C has been sending publishing pictures at all the players. At the St. James, and I gotta say, <clears throat> I've seen Mike DeBulis. He's looking pretty fit already, and I'm 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 optimistic and I'm hopeful that we're gonna get a complete season out of him. Right, he's been bit by the injury bug a little bit the last two years, but it'd be nice to have his services for an entire year. And I gotta say, he look, he looks like he's moving around pretty quickly. Looks like he's maybe put on a little more muscle too. I don't know if you saw that, AKP
1: yeah yeah he seems like he's he's doing well, and hopefully, like you say it's it's mostly just a matter of of staying healthy he's it's, it's been It's been a few years since we've had full strength Mike debulis on the field, and also you know it is it is going to take him a moment like it's always difficult to come back from an injury and you know get back into the game, and so hopefully it doesn't take him too long to find his footing again. Yeah,
0: absolutely. And he will be rejoined, and he is rejoined. This was news, exciting news, AKP, because we, I think, had practically written him off as not coming back. But I know you're excited that Old Glory DC confirmed that Nico Jones has come back to Old Glory DC. U.S. eligible, New Zealand born. His dad is All Blacks flanker Mike Jones, or Michael Jones, excuse me. Nico Jones. Latched on with Old Glory DC the latter half of last season. I think he, he was immediately in the starting lineup. And I think he started an eight-game score to try. It, helped Old Glory DC get to the playoffs and win their first playoff match. I think he's still only like 22, and he's a guy that could play flanker. He could spell a little bit at the eight-man. I'm excited because, again, I thought he wasn't coming back. I think we both thought he wasn't coming back, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, you know, it's it's one of those that once you get this close to the season any players who haven't been confirmed or turning you sort of start to think, uh, are they are they actually going to make it back? Are they going to are they are they sticking around? But yeah, l- awesome to have him back because you know, he was a player who came on really to replace Jama when Jama got hurt and was was out for good portions of last season and Nico really Stepped up into that role and took on the eight-man position and and was really really good at that role. You know he's someone who the media in New Zealand, the rugby media there, has really followed for a long time. You know since his school days because he's got that you know the pedigree and and he's he's shown a lot of promise as a, a player. There's always been talks of him of you know make trying to make it to a Super Rugby team and. You know, he's his career in general has been a little thrown off by some injuries and then also COVID, you know, hitting right at the wrong time for him. So, you know, I'm glad to see him back. I'm a little surprised. I'm surprised he hasn't been snapped up by anyone else. He's such a, like you say, for, the, the, for his age, he's an incredibly good player and, you know, physically just dominant. So, not at all complaining that he's back with us, but I, I wasn't fully expecting it.
0: You know, and that, that leads me to my next question, right? Because we brought up the fact that he's U.S. eligible, and that was the big thing. So he qualifies as a domestic player. You mentioned the pedigree, right? And the New Zealand press following him. You know, again, his dad, uh, an All Blacks flanker. Uh, he's got the he qualifies domestically. I guess one of the grandparents is uh, born in the U.S. So. For him to come back to Old Glory D.C., what does that say about him potentially maybe seeing if he can play for the Eagles, right? Is that a possibility? Does does him coming back to Old Glory D.C. increase the chances that he could potentially say, you know what, I want to see this thing out with the men's
1: Eagles? I mean, you've got to think it does, but he's, I know that there's a lot of those guys who grew up in New Zealand and their goal really is to... That love like to play for New Zealand, and also if he does still have any Super Rugby aspirations, not tying himself down to to the U.S. makes it easier for eligibility reasons. You know, if he keeps his New Zealand eligibility, that makes it way easier to get on a, a Super Rugby squad. So, I, you know, obviously, without talking to him, difficult to know what's in his head with this. Difficult to to know what what he's thinking about and what he wants but yeah you'd love to see him join the the u.s national team you'd you know he's such a young promising option at at, in the back row but i'm not i'm not counting on it
0: Mm -hmm. so back to old glory dc for a second because right now our back row is getting pretty full and i want to play out this scenario for me, you're, you're Simon Cross. You've got to put in the number eight in our two flankers. So, right now, just with the flankers alone, Latara Bavaro, right? You've got um, Corey Daniel, right? Who's coming back from an injury, capped Eagle. Now you have Nico Jones, right? Three quality players at flankers. And then you have Jama at eight, right? So, we've got four players, three spots here. Who's in? Who's out? Who's starting? Who's coming off the bench? Are you excited about the scenarios? Is it uh are guys gonna be pissed off if they don't get the playing time they want? Is it gonna drive us forward? Play the scenario out for me. How are we what's it gonna look like?
1: It's a good question. And you're also uh you left off Rob Harley. I know. I and know. and Colin Gross, who I know you know he played some lock for us last year, but he really projects as a flanker given his given his height. Yeah. And so Harley may
0: be more of a lock, but...
1: Harley, yeah. I don't know where he's going to end up. I mean, and he's one of those players who has the experience that at MLR level, you can probably stick him anywhere in any number higher than three, and he'll be able to handle it just fine. But yeah, no, it's really, a really, really good question. It's such an area of strength for us, and it's one of the areas where, the back row especially, where, you know, like... 80 percent of of the back row minutes you know 75 80 percent of those back row minutes from last year are, are coming back like sort of a returning production factor you know everyone who was who was playing a good number of minutes last year is is coming back this year and that's that's huge from a consistency perspective and you know Bavaro was just so good last year I mean just top notch but he's also a, a foreign player so you know we could see that who gets picked there you know maybe depends on on how much other positions need to use those foreign player slots you know if we've got a lot of foreign uh back three players we could see a lot of the 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 foreign player slots get used up back there and you know same with um hooker is is mostly, foreign players for us. So we're going to have to use a a couple of those slots there. And so maybe there's not much left for the back row and you end up with JAMA at eight and, you know, some of the domestic options, either Gross or Corey Daniel or Nico Jones as your, your flankers, because they're, (laughs) they're domestic and, and that makes it easier. So I, I really don't know. And part of it is also going to depend on injuries. I mean, you know, you get, and how people come back from things and how people grow. And, you know, like what does Colin Gross look like in his, in year two? What does Corey Daniel look like coming back from injury? You know, how do you've got Rob Harley coming in? Does he play it at flanker? Maybe he plays as a a lock, but you know, there's just, you don't know. And Jamma got last injured last year and that was, that was unexpected, but I think this year the the big thing is that we're just not going to have to worry too much. I think you put any combination of those players on the in the back row and you know it doesn't doesn't bother me. It's not going to I'm not concerned.
0: You know, and you bring up a really good point and I think a lot of this is as we see this roster come together, right? And there's probably still a couple pieces maybe missing. The the roster's probably at 95% full. The top teams in this league And the reason why they contend for the shield is because they've got such great depth. And luck does help, right? Key players not getting hurt. But they have key depth. Guys, a starter comes off the field. You know, someone wearing the 16 through 23 jersey can step in and the production doesn't drop off, right? Because inevitably someone's going to get hurt in rugby. It's a brutal sport. We all know it. We've all seen it. And I think that's what I'm probably most excited about for this year with Old Glory and yes, I know there's a couple little positions that you may be uncomfortable with where we might need a little more, a couple more pieces. But if I look at some of these positions, I'm seeing depth. And I think that is what I'm most excited about because 60 minutes in, we got to bring some guys on the field. Doesn't seem like the production level is going to drop. And I know we're only preseason and we're just in training camp. But if I look at what the Free Jacks and San Diego Legion did last year and I saw the depth that they had, That's what Old Glory DC, I think, is is building towards. And that's what I'm excited about. Because we, as you mentioned, just in one position here alone, just just in the back row, and with A-Man and Locke, it seems like we can mix and match pieces, and there's not going to be a drop-off. And there actually might be increased production, because guys are, you know, they're... I want you to go balls to the wall for 30 minutes. You got 30 minutes? Okay, go out there, run. You know, so, yeah, training camp, I got to pump the brakes a little bit, but the Depth is what I'm most excited about and what I'm looking forward to. And Simon Cross certainly and the coaching staff is going to have a lot of fun mixing matching the possibilities. And, you know, again, knock on wood, yeah. guys staying healthy is going yeah. to be a key thing.
1: Well, and that will be helped by being able to, to switch them in and out. You know, maybe your starting lineup in the back row doesn't have to stay the same because you've got so many good options. You know, you're not going to rely on JAMA to be putting in 80 minutes week in, week out. You can you can switch him out, you can give him some some time off, give him a rest and without being concerned that the the team is gonna lose.
0: Yep. Because also in the back of my mind when I'm thinking about it, I'm thinking ahead because I'm thinking about Old Glory DC making a deep playoff run here is that at yeah. the end of the season, we've got that looming funkiness with, you know, the July International and the August matches and, you know, Pacific Nations Cup, whatever else is going on. And there's a the two-week break, but there's going to be a training camp and four five, potentially six men's eagles on Old Glory DC's roster, right, where that all is going to need to be figured out. I know that's months down the line and you don't want to get ahead of ourselves, the cliche one game at a time. But that's got to be thought through, right? And I'm yeah. sure I'm sure the coaching staff is thinking about that because you have to, because you have to prepare for it. So, you know, it's, it's, it's fun to think about the possibilities. And if anything, you can sense the optimism in my voice going off of last year, building what we had last year and what can happen for this year. So I'll pump the brakes a little bit. You know, AKP, you've always been the voice of reason on this but i'm excited as you can tell so
1: i'm excited too I'm, yeah. I'm right there with you you know it's it's and this is this is the time to be excited this is that yes. that great time where you see the roster and you just get to to be excited there's a couple areas where where i'm a little concerned i mean center we currently have two centers and one player who can maybe play some center and that's just not <laughs> that's a disaster waiting to happen um and we we could really use another prop, but you know I'm sure there's there's plans in place for that, and if not, then yeah, you know, there's nothing I can do about it. So <laughs>
0: <laughs> and we and we talked a little bit about this on last week's episode, and this is not so much to try and get an update here, but uh, at, you know we see the players at in training camp at the St. James. You know, looking ahead, knowing that some teams have announced some preseason games. You know, you you talked about last episode. Traditionally, historically, Lory DC has played, and potentially where I got to think Simon Cross is going to want to have a game or two, whether that's a college team or yeah, New England comes down. I don't think that's happening, but do you think there will be a preseason game or two? at least that the public can attend so we can get a sense of what this team is going to look like on the field before week one.
1: Uh, Absolutely. I think so. I mean, it's, it's always been a a very successful thing for old glory. I mean, the the St. James has always been packed for those games. It's always been, you know, it's a good treat for season ticket holders and I would expect that that they're going to want to continue that,
0: yeah, I agree so moving on from from old glory d c um you know I think the the biggest thing that news that we should cover and this broke at the end of last week Friday Saturday, but we we finally have a team name and branding for mlr's newest team, and that's anthem rugby Carolina, which again is based off of, it's essentially the USA Hawks program, the development squad, right, for the under-23s, if you will, the pathway to get them up to the senior squad. And uh, from what I understand, in a last-minute phone call conversation, let's get this all together as we've talked about MLR, World Rugby, USA Rugby, we now have the 12th team, and it's Anthem Rugby Carolina. AKP, before we break down a couple other things, what do you think about the name and the logo and the colors?
1: The logo and colors are great. No objections there. All all looks good to me. The name's a little weird. I don't mind Anthem, um, but the Anthem Rugby Carolina is just a, a weird formulation. It feels a little forced. I, But also, it's not the worst. Like, a slightly strange formulation, that's fine. It's not like we haven't seen it before, too, with... Rugby United New York and rugby, you know, there are, there are all sorts of of weird things in in a bunch of the names, but it's fine, you know, because everyone's just going to call them Anthem or mm-hmm. Arc or you know Carolina. They're they're probably not going to say Anthem Rugby Carolina, and even a lot of the branding doesn't look like it's going to be it's going to be probably Anthem RC rather than spelling the whole thing out and so it's like does it it doesn't does it really matter no probably not
0: yeah yeah i've gone back and forth on it and i've, I've seen some other opinions and i asked a bunch of people you know i put out a, a question in rugby morning on the newsletter do you like the name anthem rugby carolina and it pretty much went down the middle you liked it or you don't like it i agree it's a mouthful saying anthem rugby carolina that just doesn't roll off the tongue very well and I think the obvious is just to shorten it and just call him Anthem. Which, again, in a team name, I, I, there's something... I feel like you could build something behind yeah. Anthem. You know, it's not... I don't think it's a swing and a miss strikeout. I think it's, not at you all. know, put the ball in play. And <laughs> to steal a baseball analogy, put the ball in play. And maybe it's a, a weak grounder to first or something like that. It's, an out. it's a silly analogy. I don't even know where I'm going with that. Other than I don't think it's that bad and look... Could they have done a better job and come up with a better name? Probably, potentially. It came together so quickly that, you know, what else would you call it? I know everyone's saying, well, why don't you just call them the Hawks? But I got to feel like MLR is, you know, like, hey, we want this franchise to get stable. And after a while, we're going to want some new operators to come in to purchase the team and take it over. We can't really call them the Hawks because USA kind of has their Hawks because... My yeah. thought is down the line, right, once once this is established and it's the official, you know, they are the club, but 27-31 World Cup and MLR is still here, you can't have a Charlotte Hawks in MLR and then also a, a USA Hawks because they're still going to need that yeah. development team, right? Exactly. So I can understand there needs to be a different name. Um could there have been something that's more local to Charlotte or the North Carolina area? And I think they kind of tried to hint at it in the press release with like the Blue Ridge Mountains and maybe the colors a little bit. But you know what? I <laughs> Grown adults arguing over how st- silly or great a name is, whatever. We've got a team. It's here. We've got the schedule. We don't know the roster yet. We kind of have an idea on the head coach. We've got a team yeah and they're rugby sorry they're anthem rugby carolina like i can't even say it
1: and they're not Uh, they don't have a gill name so i'll take that yeah.
0: yeah yeah so i guess the most important thing out of all this right now is and i think in the press release they confirmed it right so we're back to two conferences now even six and six great even stevens love that i think still some question marks are around the playoff structure i don't think we necessarily have those details yet right whether it's Still going to be eight teams, or are they going to drop it down to six teams? I guess we'll find out. I mean, if it's eight teams, four from each conference, you know, I could see that happening. Uh, it could be your thoughts on, now that we have the 12th team, should the playoff structure, should the, the teams that qualify, should the playoffs, should it be reduced from eight to six, or should it stay at eight?
1: I mean, it probably shouldn't have been at eight to begin with, but... My assumption is they're going to leave it at eight. I think I can't. If they wanted eight teams for an eleven-team league, there's they probably want eight teams for a twelve-team league. So, and it becomes easy. Like you say, you just you just have take the top four teams in each conference. You know, have them play a a quarterfinal, semifinal, and then the East yep. East meets West in the the finals. You know, it seems seems straightforward to to me.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. I think I think that works. I can hear the people bickering about, oh, it dilutes it because you could have a whatever. Like, who cares? I don't think so. Yeah, who cares? It, that may have been the case if there was just one conference, right, in your seat, yeah. maybe like one through eight. But because now we're talking about the top four teams, and I don't, you know, I don't I agree. I think let's stay, let's keep it at the eight playoff teams, and let's just march forward with that. We don't need an additional tweak to get people bickering even more. So anyway, <laughs> moving on from that, the roster, still TBD on the names, though it sounds like most of the players are coming from the USA Hawks program. Yeah, You know, you hear mention about there's going to be some other internationals that are going to be coming in. At this point, you know, I don't think that we're going to see really big names, right? Uh, maybe, we'll see, maybe some guys that want to leave Super Rugby Americas or guys from... You know, maybe he didn't crack on a super rugby squad or something like that, and maybe want a shot to play a little bit more. And then they talk about more, you know, capped eagles. But at this point, my question there is most of those guys are either on an MLR roster, right, or they're playing overseas. If you're playing overseas, I don't think you're going to come back to the U.S. necessarily if you've still got a good shot at playing, you know, overseas. So I'm trying to get a sense of who these additional men's eagles players are right are they who are they (laughs) you know not naming names necessarily but who are these group of players that aren't either overseas or in an mlr club
1: it's a really good question and you know this is sort of what we talked about when we first talked about this idea when we were just sort of spitballing you know back during the off season and it was you know it was how do you how do you stock a team like this where you want to have, you want to have U.S. qualified players, but you don't want to just be ripping them off MLR teams? I mean, you might see MLR players who are, you know, capped U.S. players who are maybe on the outside looking in, or I don't know. You know, it's really, there's no good answer. Or you might see loans, you might see players who are who can be spared from their club getting, you know, loaned to the, the anthem for, you know, half a season or something to, to go over there and fill in and to, to be part of that setup for some time. But I don't know. It's, it's kind of weird. The whole thing is weird. And honestly, I don't think we're going to know how it's going to work until it's, until it's working until it's things are happening.
0: You know, you bring up a good point. You could see in-season trades or loans, right? If if one team has a surplus of, of players and there needs to be a swap or a trade to kind of fill rosters out or if they've got an injury or something like that. You know, I hadn't really considered that, but I guess that could be the, the case. You know, there could be those, as you said, in-season swaps or loans. Um, so that'll be interesting to see because, yeah, I, I guess, you know, I'm not expecting... Anthem and M.L.R. to have all of these answers, right? Because I think that the expectation, as we've seen, to have all of the answers, this is not realistic. So, and I'm not going to say they're just going to make this up as they go along. Except, but hope I hope there are. is. <laughs> I hope there's some some thought behind how that may work going into the future, as opposed to uh, well, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. So, no, uh, I guess we could be in for a very interesting season. You know, the other thing too that is is it is interesting you know particularly as we'll get into the the schedule here in a moment is just how competitive of a roster is this team going to be right because if you look at new england and i'll jump ahead and even though i'm going to jump back if you look at new england right the defending mlr champions some of their free jack supporter fans are complaining about how san diego's not making a, a trip you know to play new england at home but they completely gloss over the fact that New England's first game of the season and the last game of the season is against Anthem Rugby Carolina. I mean, you want to ask for an ideal start and end to a season, that's got to be it. Like that seems a little ridiculous that the defending MLR champions I have their the first game and the last game of the season against a team that is not going to be potentially not be the most competitive, right? Like I don't know. I if you're not if I'm a fan of another team I can bring that point up to say, hey, look, guys, what are you complaining about here? You've got a pretty nice opener and closer to your season. Just saying. Just saying.
1: Yeah. I'd be surprised if Anthem didn't win any games, but I I don't expect them to win too many games. I don't expect them to be challenging for a playoff spot, even in an 18 playoff. Not no. unless something really goes wrong somewhere else.
0: All right. Other questions? Okay, so Kappa just released the jerseys. If you if you recall the press release, it said all 11 MLR clubs. I'm sure they knew that Anthem was coming because the logo was being worked on. So I imagine Kappa's going to... We're going to see some Kappa Anthem jerseys. I mean, we're going to have to see what their jerseys are soon. They have to be branded Kappa, right? Unless they do like a stock jersey in the colors and just slap the Kappa logo on it. I don't know, but I got to imagine Kappa's probably working on something because they can't just trot out Canterbury or something like that. That doesn't make sense.
1: I mean, yeah, especially since they're not, you know, if they were calling themselves the USA Hawks and they were just, you know, leaning into the fact that this is a USA rugby run thing, then you could see them. You could have seen them wearing a a USA Jersey, some sort of, you know, national based Jersey, but there, they seem to want to pretend to be a, a normal MLR team. In a lot of ways, as far as branding goes and stuff, they're they're not making themselves out to be the national team. And so I would expect that they would get a Kappa jersey. But like you say, we have to I don't really know what that process looks like or how long or hard it is to design a jersey or you know, get that stuff out the door. It could be that we don't see their jersey design until right before the season. But you know, well it's Like I say, we're going to see what this is as it happens.
0: So I guess the other question, Mark, although we've got – it seems like we may have some confirmation here, though nothing's official yet. Um, But the immediate thought when Anthem was announced and it was USA Rugby and World Rugby and MLR getting together that Scott Lawrence, the current still interim head coach of the Men's Eagles, was going to become the head coach of this anthem squad but it sounds like that's not going to be the case according to alex Goff, he released a video and america rugby news also sent out something it sounds like the head coach is going to be i think he's the current um assistant coach for the men's eagles right now alama Iramaya. i hope i'm pronouncing that correctly but it sounds like he's been with the program for a bit a tax coach essentially again nothing confirmed yet but it sounds like he is going to be the head coach where the rest of the coaching staff gets filled out. I mean, I guess that's TBD along with with the roster. But since the news is out there that the club is in MLR, I'm sure, (laughs) in the next couple of weeks we are going to hear more news or at least an official announcement from the club, just who's on the team, who's the head coach, and all that good stuff. So any comment down on any of that?
1: not especially i mean i think it doesn't surprise me too much that that you've got not scott lawrence coaching that team i think it makes sense to keep that team separate from the the head coach the eagles especially since at the end of the season you're going to have a bit where you have you know camps usa camps starting and playing internationals while playoffs are going on and And stuff like that and so you know and you know i don't think anthem's going to be in the playoff but you have to be prepared if they for if they are and so i think it makes sense to just make those separate positions i like that it's still tied in with the the national team coaching staff you know presumably they're all on the same page they're going to stay in close communication i'm sure like i'm sure scott lawrence is going to have his hand in in how that team operates. And I I think it's good.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So we will see. I want to move on um, in our last segment here to talk a little bit about, now that the new schedule has come out, a revised schedule again, talk a little bit more about some of the changes in Own Glory DC's roster this year. So AKP, from what you've seen of the roster changes, what are some big ones that we should highlight here that we should talk about that you've seen
1: so a couple of big things to note early on the home match dates haven't changed the opponents have have shifted around slightly but every week that was a home match is still a home match the bye weeks have changed they were week 11 and week 17 and now they're week 7 and week 12 so Mm. they're they're right towards the middle or sort of you know in one in the first half one in the second half of the season and sort of towards the middle of the season rather than they're very evenly spaced basically mm-hmm. now and i think that's not a bad way to to go for it i think uh, you you can late season buy can be useful but i think you know just having them evenly spaced throughout the season I think that's ideal you really as long as we don't have them too early I think I think that's fine so not concerned about that the conference structure of course means that we're going to two matches against other eastern conference opponents so that's New England Miami Anthem Chicago and NOLA and then we'll play one match against the the other teams Interestingly, no changes in the first two weeks. It's still on the road at NOLA, which is sort of a, a traditional way for us to start our season. Um, and then on the road at the Free Jacks. And so we still, once again, have the chance to spoil the, the Free Jacks home opener, which would be absolutely golden.
0: And I um, imagine a, a game... That they'll probably present their championship rings or a banner Ugh, or something, yeah. right? They're going to commemorate what happened last year for Old Glory DC to go in there and punch them in the mouth and get a win.
1: <laughs> and Wouldn't that be d- something? We've tended to have good luck against them earlier in the season. Every time we've played twice, it's usually the first game. We'll, you know, we've often been even last year. We were only we were like three points away from uh, three, only three points behind them when yep. we played them the first time last year and so it, there's a real shot there and and we've seen teams in the past win and then then not really be able to back it up the next year in fact since the sea wolves we haven't seen no one's won it twice in a row so they i wouldn't be too confident if i were the the free jacks there's okay. also a couple of notes uh, anthem we're playing them in week 5 will be That'll be in Carolina, and then we'll play them again towards the end of the season, week 14. Mm -hmm. That's when they come to us. Yeah. And then immediately after that, we have another new team. Immediately after, so week six, we've got LA, another brand new team, and then Miami in week 10. So that's where the the sort of expansion teams fit into our schedule.
0: I mean, it's... The the schedule seems to be set now, <laughs> yeah. meaning there won't be any more changes. There's not another team coming in for the 2024 season. The schedule is set. And as you said, there were some changes, and uh, I feel bad for any folks who maybe already had some travel plans that had to be tweaked, but it seems like MLR did a pretty good job of not making wholesale changes. And it may have been easier that a 12th team did come in just to kind of even out the schedule and make it easier to schedule everything. So I got to say, kudos to MLR for for putting out a schedule that didn't require wholesale changes. Would you agree or disagree with that?
1: Yeah, yeah. And that was probably the difficulty because I'm sure a lot of these teams have already settled these dates with the venues about when they're going to be playing games there. And, you know, just changing that up is, is not, not easy. So I'm, I think they did a good job making this work.
0: Absolutely. And we don't just throw around credit too easily to MLR here, but I think they've done a pretty good job on, on all of this. And, and look, as we get closer to the season, this was just a quick little punch up of of the revised schedule we're going to dive in a little bit deeper on the schedule, predictions, things to look for. And this is just kind of the warm-up, the tease for the season to come now that training camps have officially started. So be on the lookout for a deeper dive on the season schedule in the upcoming episodes that we're excited to, to dive into a little bit more. AKP, a couple of things here before you know we get to our closing segment. Things to just look out for. One... We are starting to enter a stretch where there's going to be a ton of rugby to watch. So, yeah. like, straight into the veins, pumping in, right? We've got Six Nations kicking off this weekend. It's hard to believe it's going to be February 1st on Friday, which is wild. But the Six Nations kick off this weekend. I always enjoy the Six Nations coming off a of Rugby World Cup cycle because you start to see what these teams are are going to look like now that a lot of players are gone, right? Ireland, Johnny Sexton is gone. England, they, you know, Owen Farrell won't be there. A couple of injuries, right? You you start to see how they're going to shift and move players around. So very exciting. I think it's it could be a potentially wide open Six Nations in the sense that you got to think France has got a good shot at winning it. Ireland, certainly England, you know, they surprised everyone at the Rugby World Cup. Hey, Scotland's kind of lurking. And Italy, you never know. They could you know, put a bolter on someone and win. So, excited to see what happens there. If you're a USA Rugby Sevens fan, Perth Sevens is kicking off this weekend in Perth, Australia. That's the major city on the west coast of Australia. It's essentially by itself, but it's beautiful from what I hear. Perth Sevens kicking off as the men's and women's Eagles Sevens look ahead to Paris. Uh, again, the women's Eagles, I think they've got a really good shot at getting a medal there, but Slow start maybe for both clubs, but I think, you know, I think this is where, this is going to be the first stage, they've already had two, where the men's sevens are going to have back their veteran players like Perry Baker and Kayvon Williams and Joe Schrader, and I'm probably missing a couple other guys that are in the mix, but sounds like they got their full complement, and then the the women's sevens, I think, again, probably primed for a, a run here, because I think they got off to a little bit of a slow start so far
1: yeah and all of that's on peacock right six nations and and the sevens i think it's all on peacock
0: it's peacock and rugby pass tv uh which you can get a free account i think the the pool i think the pool play is on rugby pass tv and then the medal rounds are on peacock for the sevens yeah yeah i could have that backwards but i think that's how that's
1: yeah that sounds about right yeah
0: Yeah. akp one more thing here last thing uh i want to bring this up uh because i've been a part of this organization for the last three years uh but washington dc youth rugby they're celebrating their 20th anniversary on friday february 2nd it's a nonprofit that's been providing free rugby programming to kids in dc they've got a summer touch program my kids have started to play in it i've volunteer coaching it it's it's a lot of fun they've been around for for 20 years so they're celebrating all their success and looking forward to what's next if anyone wants to go if you're in the dc area or if you just want to donate just go to uh washington dc youth Rugby.com, you can find tickets there or donation it's a great cause get involved any way you can yeah, wherever you are listening to this in in the local community to spread the love of rugby. I'm going to be there. A K P, you're going to be. you going to be. Yep, gonna I'm planning on it. My man, perfect. All right, that's fantastic. Fantastic. All right, so A K P for the for the closing question again. I love springing this on you. And again, you have no idea the question I'm going to ask you, but you always hit it out of the park. Since you unfortunately cheer for England rugby, there's um, some topical news this week. Your boy um, <laughs> Owen Farrell. Uh, signed a two-year contract it sounds like it's not completely done yet because i guess there's a transfer fee that may need to be involved but he's he's signed he's gonna go play in the top 14 england's got that rule about you know if you're not playing in the premiership or something like that you're not able to play for england for a couple years my question to you akp will we see owen farrell if say he does go to the top 14 and that goes through Rossi, 92, right? I think I said that, right? My French is terrible. Will we see Owen Farrell in an England jersey again?
1: I think so. I, I think it's a 50-50 thing, but I think it's or I I think it's like a 55-45 that, that he ends up in an England jersey at some point again. I think he's one of those players who, you know, love him or hate him, he's been a huge part of the England rugby scene for so long and part of that team for so long that i would be surprised if there's if he never makes it back onto an england roster
0: yeah i i think i agree with you i think it's one of those um you know i don't think it'll be like a rugby world cup qualifying match i could see it like one of those one-off summer tests you know yeah argentina uruguay or something takes a trip up there, and
1: you know, or is like ceremonial. An injury replacement or something. You know, you never know what's yeah. going to happen to the players. If there's some point where it's like, oh, we've you know, our players, we've gotten some injuries in the fly half position. We need someone solid to step in. I could, I could see him, him ending back up there. And I don't know how much longer these, these restrictions are going to last. On like, oh, you're, you're not playing in the domestic league, therefore you can't play for the national team. I think. I I mean, I think I I get why they exist, but I think they just I don't think they can last forever because, I mean, Wales is having the same problem where you've got a bunch of their stars who are going overseas because actually they they just can't afford to keep playing, you know, to give up all the money that can be had from from going overseas. and it does strengthen the domestic competitions for, to a certain extent, but I don't know that that's the, the most important thing. So I think, I think sentiment is moving against these, these exclusive restrictions. And so I, I wouldn't be surprised to see in a couple of years that that restriction gets lifted or it gets tweaked. And then you, you Farrell ends up back in the, the England setup. I, I could see that happening.
0: Okay. I, I tend to agree with you. I think that's going to be the case. And, and again, for, for anyone who's excited about The Six Nations kicking off, also the Full Contact, the, the documentary on Netflix, if you have Netflix, I think that has now been released. so certainly watch that on Netflix. It looks pretty cool for some of the snippets. I haven't seen the first episode or two yet. But, alright, AKP, that just about does it for us. I'm excited to talk more Oak Glory DC news as we start to march deeper into training camp. You know, maybe we get some news here about a preseason contest or two that we'll be able to attend, as the public can attend at the St. James or wherever else it may be. But MLR is officially underway now with training camps. Got a lot more episodes. We've got some interviews lining up. We're chatting with some who's who and in the OGDC network here. So uh, stay tuned. You've been listening to the Glorious Rugby Podcast. on am John Fitzpatrick and for my co-host, Alistair kirsch Let's go. over the sing.